Boom, boom. How's it going? How's it going? Yay. It is I again, your boy, TJ. And uh, today, I've got someone else new. It is 2021, so we bring out new faces. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's showing off with this cool background of elephants and things like that. I think he's still on holiday. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and if you don't know anything about property, in your team, there are certain people that you need to have. Um, you need an accountant. You need a tax person. You need to have a lawyer. You need to have uh, builders and so on. But there's one person that a lot of people don't speak to about, and this is a town planner. And I've been hanging out for a while now for uh, the last uh, couple of months, uh, I think a year or so, uh, with the Dumisani uh, Bosoha, and he is one of the key people within my team that I consult on deals from time to time because he's a town planner. Without wasting time, I'm going to introduce you to Dumi Sani. I call him Dumi. How's it going, Dumi? We are good in yourself. Very well, thanks, man. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Awesome. Dumi, who is Dumi and what do you do? Okay. Dumi Sani is a rural boy from Mpumalanga, if I can say. Right. Um, by profession, I'm a town planner, um, qualified town planner. I've been a town planner now for the last 15 years, worked in local government and sometime back 2013 decided, no man, let me venture out and try a new thing. You know, um, as some of us get bored to do one and the same thing every day. So I said, you know what, let me go out there, face new challenges, see if one cannot inspire others, can't you create more employment opportunities, especially in our country where things like jobs are very scarce. So in a nutshell, I'm a town planner registered with the South African Council of Town Planners. And I've been right. practicing in this field, like I said, for the last 15 years. Yes, sir. Dumisane, let's talk about your background. Um, yes. I think, you know, when we start seeing people in certain offices, we just think that they were born there. Uh, and I'm glad that you have started off saying that I'm a rural guy. Um, where in Mpumalang are you from? All right. I'm from a small village called Ratoke, just outside Danalton. Uh, yeah. One of the towns where we buy its marble hall. I grew up there, did my primary school there. And it's my secondary that I came and did in Houting. And after that, went to varsity. But very much passionate about nature, love gardening, you know. Love playing with donkeys so and all the because we have donkeys at, at home, so donkeys, we have some some cattle. So love being out there and doing nature. That's me. Nice, nice. And there you are, you're a town planner. And um I think for me, I always say that your your background on who you are kind of like defines who you can be in the future in terms of if you are to look in, into it and intentionally decide to do certain things. Um, yes. But it doesn't define that you are going to now be X, you know? Yes. So coming through from a rural areas, um, a lot of people would think statistically, mm, you're not going to be count to anything. But there yes. you are, you're a businessman, you are a town planner, and uh, you're a job creator. These are some of the problems that the president today is faced with as a challenge. And you and I, we get to also partner up with him to solve these problems. Yes. As yes. entrepreneurs. So, yes. so, 
So high five to you on that and well done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What is town planning? Okay, maybe let me just give a brief history. Town planning began in the 1800s and the field was brought in. At the time it was not town planning, but it was just a group of people that wanted to organize cities and towns. And the reason for that was that there was a lot of sickness and diseases that was being caused by how towns were organized at the time. There was no proper channel of sewer, no proper channel of wastewater and all of that. So people were just, you know, pouring things everywhere, scattering, and that started creating sickness and, and diseases. And a group of people said and say, how can we arrange so, so that we do not live in a, what we call squalors or we, we live in the middle of dumps, but we can dump the waste somewhere and it's channeled and where people stay, it's neat and clean and everything else. And that's where, that's how it came about town planning to start. So it was just a matter of rearranging things, yes. Um, I think they call this the medieval era uh, in the 1800s. Yes. And yes. Um, I would say that, um, I always say I'm British, you know, because I was colonized by the British. So, yes. um, so I think it was within the British um, where they actually came up with this, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Because they were having, I think it was cholera and diarrhea was quite yes. ripe at the time. Yes. And people used to die in, you know, like what we're having in COVID right now. Yes. Um, it was almost like that, but actually much bigger. People would um, die from having green nails and yes. their bodies would change. Yes. And... Uh, it's amazing that we are talking about these kind of diseases when we also have COVID. So we're thinking the world is coming to an end, but there is a profession that actually started with a disease. Exactly, exactly. And even now with the COVID, there's an opportunity in terms of planning of how we channel things, how we rearrange arrange activities. And with the fourth industrial revolution giving us that niche and that advantage, it's time for also planners and other professionals to reinvent ourselves and look to say, okay, here it's an opportunity because I am a firm believer of in every situation, there's an opportunity. And it so, depends on how you view it and how you, you interact with it. So even through COVID, there's a lot of opportunities that one can identify. In, in town planning, we deal with people on a daily basis. We deal with municipalities face to, to face. And this has presented a new opportunity to say, okay, how can we do this? Because we have been talking about going into paperless activities and all of that. COVID has presented that. We no longer have to literally meet people face to face, but we can meet like me and you now are, are having this conversation. I'm somewhere, you are, you are somewhere else we are meeting. So it's part of planning also to see how we arrange that and make sure that people can still move around and do their day-to-day -day activities, but with a minimum contact with each other awesome stuff. face to face yes I, I like that thinking um in town planning it almost sounds to me that it is all about looking at your current problems and saying how best can we future proof the same the same uh so let's come back to what is town planning so how did it evolve to become town planning yes okay so as and when after the they found solutions to say, okay, now we have to rearrange things 
like you said, things like cholera, and that that time it was a it, it was a dangerous disease because people now were trying to find out what causes this entire thing. And after they discovered what was the cause of it, then they came up to say, okay, let's draw up a plan. And on the plan, let's just start categorizing to say, we'll have residential facilities here. We'll have business facilities here. We'll have industrial facilities here in order to minimize things like air pollution also, you know, within a residential area. But it evolved even further when now, uh, you know, things like cars were introduced into now life. And as that started happening, now you needed now to also plan your roads because you cannot mm. just have roads that are just flying everywhere else because they are gonna cause unnecessary ex uh, uh, accidents. And that's when now they said, okay, we do a comprehensive plan that is gonna include infrastructure in terms of where the water, the sewer has to run, where electricity has, has to be, where the roads should, should be, where schools, and also looking in terms of minimizing movement of pe people to say, you must not drive long or walk very long to get to a school, for an example. And that's how, because if you look at our planning, especially in our older townships and CBDs, you'll see that we were following, like you see, you said, the British planning. You know, when you, when you look at our designs, you look, they are so close to the British one because those were the people that colonized and came into uh, um, uh, South, South Africa at the time. Right. Yes. So in terms of where we are now uh, in town planning, um, so, you know, we almost want to say that our cities are established, right? Um, so are there still, do we still have a lot of town planning to do? Uh, and this question is more around, so what does a town planner do on an everyday? Because yes. we already have the towns established. Yes, okay. Um, most of the, our towns, especially our suburbs and our, C, our, our CBDs, where in, in South Africa, we actually planned by civil engineers because we didn't have town planners in South South Africa at the time. When your, right. your CBD in Jobek started, when the gold rush and everything, it was civil engineers that did the planning. That's why you have so much grid roads. You know, you have a, a traffic sign after a traffic sign after a traffic sign after a traffic sign because they were not thinking of flowing off the traffic and, and all of that. For, for, for them, it was just to ensure that, you know, things are just there in, in place. However, right. town planning still has a lot of, of work. One of the things I say this to a lot of our people to say, if you look at our CBDs, they are not correctly planned, they are not correctly densified, and there's other buildings that end up just dilapidating because no one can have a solution of how they can be used. And that's, when, that's where a town plan now comes in, to say, okay, you've been having this um, building that has been used for banking for many years, but banks have decided to move out of the CBD into malls, because now we have these shopping malls that are, are everywhere else. So you cannot yeah. just leave this building hanging. Which is, also a a new, which is also a new concept, right? So in Africa, yes. I think South Africa, Zambia, Ghana are potentially the only countries that have malls. Yes, yes. So, and the impact of that is that now you, you start having the core, bus, some of the core businesses in the, in the financial sector moving out of the CBDs, following these malls, because everyone is going there in terms of buying and, you know, doing their shopping facilities and activities. 
So you now are left with this building in the middle of, for an example, in the middle of Krugersdorp, you are left with this two, three-story build, building, very big, still structurally sound, but not being used for, for anything. So to avoid it being vandalized, as a town planner, you come and say, why don't we propose social housing? Reason uh, being, we have a lot of people that do not qualify for bonds, do not qualify to buy a house, but they qualify into a certain category. They can qualify to pay rent in a social housing. We turn that building into a social housing, family un units within the CBD, they still can access other things within the, the CBD. You look at how far it's a primary school, how far it's a, secondary, it's a secondary school. And the other added advantage is that the CBD, remember, is part of um, job creation, it's part of job opportunities. So people can walk to work than drive to work. And also you are resolving another challenge of what climate change, where there's less carbon emission. So companies still have a lot of work to be done. If you now drive into the CBD COVID, you will see there's buildings that are being converted into mm. residential apartments, residential accommodation. Jewel and City is one of them that recently came up. Exactly, you see. So the other thing, the nicest thing is that town planners work with different professionals. Because as a town planner, I need to work with an architect who's going to design the, the building. For me, it's to ensure that the use of the building has the right, that has the correct rights to say it can be used for residential accommodation. And how many units in there can you convert it to? Because you as an investor, you are not concerned about normally how the building is going to look much, but you are concerned about how many people can I accommodate? How many units can I put in there? Because that result into what your investment having a return. Because if you're going to have a, if you're going to invest a lot of money, but you don't get the returns, you are not going to have anyone wanting to invest into that building. Yes. Dumisani, you, you introduced two words that I, that I want to say to you. What do they mean? And uh, give yes. us a little bit more context. So the first word is um, carbon emission. So that's the first yes. one you spoke to just now. And the second yes. word that you spoke about is uh, densification, right? Yes. Um, wh what does those two words, uh, what, do, what do they mean? And why, is okay. they, why are they important in your, in your profession? Okay. Currently, the entire world, especially your first world countries, have been having this big debate, I'll say a big debate and an argument about uh, carbon emission, because carbon em emission is the debt that is exerted or the debt that is generated by either industry or motor vehicles. And as and when we produce goods, you know, we need to burn coal, we need to burn other chemicals that start producing what we call carbon dioxide. And that carbon dioxide is not good for the atmosphere because the atmosphere can only handle a certain level, you know, or a certain limit. Same as with you as a, as a person, you can only drink water up until a certain le level, unless you are not going to be able to take it in because you will be full, you know. You'll keep on taking, taking, but you'll come to a point where you can't take it in any, anymore. Same as yeah. the atmosphere, same as yeah. the in environment. It can take carbon emission, but to a certain limit. But with the change in industrial revolution, we started having more and more carbon that is exerted into the atmosphere, changing how the atmosphere, that's why sometimes we have, um, uh, you know, rain patterns that are not consistent. Sometimes you have drought for many years, or sometimes you have this rain that causes floods and all of So that comes from the carbon emission. 
to say right. the environment can no longer handle and they, then the temperatures and the weather start change, changing. The weather patterns are different. If we're expecting to have rained, uh, you, you know, with this milliliters, it end up exceeding that because of, of, of such. Then the second one, which you said densification. So densification is just, in easier terms, just say, in a piece of land, if I have a 500 square meter land, right. how many units can I put there? So in town planning, we calculate that from a hectare. So we'll say from one hectare, I can put 60 dwelling units. Then from the 60 dwelling units, if I had now to take it down to 500 square meters, then I have now to do a calculation to say, how many units can, can, can I fit? Then the densification is just say, how many more can you add there, you see? So if you were to, to, to have a glass of, of, of water, how much water can that glass take? It, right. it reaches a, a limit to say, when, it, when it's you know, at the top, it's full. Anything you pour there, then it starts spilling out, you see? So densification, I can explain it in, in, in that sense and in that form. Okay. Now, having someone like you around, um, and uh, we're talking about all of this, why, why, would, why would someone who is starting property investing or maybe who's actually an investor in property, um, in layman terms, wh why would they want to have you on, on, on their team? What, what, what are the skills that you bring in to someone who is property investing? Okay. Let's, let's put it to a realistic example. Mm. Um, I have a client who is Sipo. Right. Sipo buys a property in Linesia South. Yeah. And Sipo... But has... I think you're being discriminative here. Why didn't you say you got a client called Taurai? I'm here. I'm your client. I use your services. <laughs> now you're talking about Sipo. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> okay. I have my client who's Taurai. They buy a property in... Um, Tef Club, you know, just right. downtown uh, this, the CBD. Right. Their intention is we want to do rental stock. And okay. part of us doing rental stock, we are looking to get high numbers in terms of density and the number of units so, so that we can get high returns. However, not also compromising quality, access, efficiency, and all of this, these things. So Taurai goes and buy a, a, a property. After he has purchased registered in his name, he goes to the municipality and wants to submit building plans to build a five-story uh, building. Then the municipality says, no, 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 it cannot be done. Then Taurai said, but this is my land. They say, we understand it's your land. But where it's situated, it's not where five-story buildings will be allowed. It's not where 10 units per hectare can be built. You can only build one house on that pro, pro property. What has happened, Taurai has invested. Now, he, it means he has even now lost some of his investment because he can only build one unit, but that was not his, in, his intention. And he's paying maybe a bond towards that land. And he, he would have thought that by three, four years, I would have paid and finalized that bond because I would have built and people would be staying in. I would be taking the money from the rent and finance, refinancing my own. But now he's right. stuck with this prob prob problem. To avoid that problem, what Taurai needed to have done? Consult to Misan and say, I have this property I'm thinking to buy. You as the town planner advise me. I go to the municipal policies, which we have what you call special development framework. It's just a vision to say in five years, how the municipality must transform. 
where the densities are gonna go up, where the densities cannot go up, where business can be, where industry can be. I would go to that place and say, hey, wait a minute, property you are buying, we cannot do anything on it. My advice would be, if you are buying to keep for yourself, it's fine. But if you are buying for investment, don't go for, for that property. Rather go two, three streets from where you are, look there, because there you can get a five-story building, you can be able to build 200 units into that building. And you can even get parking relaxation because if it was gonna need 200 parking bays, we can be able to get 100 parking bays, which still saves you space. And it's even on next to the main road, which is a public transport carrying road, people might not even need cars. They can use tra public transport because it, it will be there and it works out cheaper. And while they're in public transport, some of them can work on their laptops and everything else. Because when you drive, you get distracted. You can't work. But you find that sometimes you sit on traffic for two hours. In that two hours, they would have saved what? Some of their work activities that they needed to have done. When they arrive at the office or wherever they work, they're actually two hours ahead than everyone else is. So, Dumisani, you say something uh, pretty important here around, you know, the example that you've given. And, and um, um, to me, it sounds like you're an advisor and you're an advisor on the basis of your skill of being a town planner. So it's pretty clear the do's and the don'ts. And you have that information. I don't have it. Uh, but you've got it, that information. And the bulk of that information then also sits with the council itself. And the council, at many a times, they change these. So I might say, you know what? I don't want a town planner. I'm going to do this on my own. But because there's all these changes that are coming in, it's pretty difficult for a person like me who's not a town planner to be always catching up on what they're doing. And hence, people like you are very important to be on a team of someone who is serious about their journey on town planning. I want to make a confession that uh, I've fallen in, uh, in both circumstances as um, in, in, Dumi, in Dumi Sani's um, examples. At one point I had bought something and I consulted uh, Dumi Sani to say, can we do this? And he says, no, you have reached the full capacity of densification and we were actually hoping to do something else there. And uh, I have then write, written a long love letter, but no Dumi Sani, you see this property is in an area like this and Dumzani just responded and said, uh, the area does not allow it, so we're not going to get it. Simple like that, right? Um, and, and on the other side, I've then also consulted with you and on something that I'm working on, and you've given me green light. And I think this is where another conversation kicks in because if I look at when we started having conversations to where we are now in my relationship with you, some of the projects that I started talking to you um, about, they're only materializing a little bit later, three, four months down the drain. Because when I consult with you, I haven't even bought this place. So now I need to go to the bank or I need to find the money. I need to register it. And only when I have full control of the property, only can you now start executing for me. So... I think a lot of people think that town planner is, you know, you go in, um, you consult, you got your answers sharp. It's actually a, a little mm -hmm. bit of a relationship building because at average, what is your time on a project, uh, Dunsan, at average? Okay. 
Yes, all right. So majority of the projects that normally happen, mm. we'll, we'll even go a bit back when you said, um, we have towns, do they still need to be, you know, planned? So we have, we, have, we have towns, but they are not fully densified. You still have, for an example, I would own a land of 2000 square meters, but in reality, I only use 500 square meters. Right. And it's a big garden at the back. I can't maintain it anymore and everything else. Then Dumisani would also come again and say, okay, Taurai, you have this 2000 squares. Wouldn't it be best you subdivide, develop, you know, maybe subdivide it into three, the other one is where your house is at. The other two build houses, start your property portfolio already with just those two, because you already have the land. You don't even need to go and source the, the land. Then right. I'll come as a town planner, prepare an, an application, submit it to the municipality. It gets advertised for public participation. It gets circulated to the various municipal entities like uh, for sewer and water, storm water, the traffic side, the you know, city power and, and all of that. Yeah. Then it gets approved. When it's approved, we give you what we call the subdivision diagrams to say this are approved. You can either register them again with yourself or with a new person that would be buying if you are say you are selling. You see. So as a town, as a town planner, a minimum that an application normally would take, it's three months. And, right. and then because it depends on the categories of applications where the consent use where you are just asking to say, in on my current property where I stay, can I operate a crash? Then council would say yes, sub, submit a consent use. A town planner would come, prepare the, the application, have public participation conducted on, on it, circulated to all the necessary detail departments, get the green light, it's approved. You can stay while you are you are running your, your crash or a, a guest house. You have a subdivision, like I said, where you cut land into smaller pieces. You have consolidation where you take smaller pieces or large pieces of land, combine them to make even a bigger piece for maybe bigger developments. Then you have what we call a township establishment. So township establishment can only happen on a farm portion or on an agricultural holding. So what that, does that mean? Meaning that I'm taking this farm, I'm converting it into smaller, pieces of land for residential, for business, for commercial. So that's a township establishment. It can take anything between 18 to 24 months because it gets circulated into many departments. You work now with your technical uh, engineers, your civil engineers, your traffic uh, in, uh, engineers, and you know other professionals to bring this farm portion into a reality of a township, yes. Right, okay, awesome stuff. I think, you know, we're, we're going to be here for a long time and there is quite a lot to unpack in town, in town planning. But yes. today, I think I want to end it here in terms of, we now understand what is a town planner and, you know, some of the benefits that can come through with the town planner. So Dumisana, I'd like to thank you for today and, um, and say to, to you who is listening, and, you know, if this is something that you have enjoyed listening to and you want to listen to a little bit more, there is plenty of other videos that we will be doing and we have done around town planning. And uh, it is now time for you to hit that subscription button, hit that subscribe button, so that whenever we are talking about this, you get the notification. But we'll check you out on the next video. Cheers. Keep going.